Internal combustion engine vehicles are going away in Canada, and sooner than you think. You are now tuned into Leak Spec. I'd be really interested to uh, hear your take on that before I go any further with uh, elaborating on it. Yeah, I believe that. Uh, I believe anything this new NDP liberal government uh, is going to try. Yeah, I think we're going to end up like that Norwegian model where half or more than half of the cars will be purchased uh, or the, the they purchase in that country is... Uh, Electric, uh, what do you call it? EVs, EVs. So, uh, internal combustion engines are known as ICE vehicles, for clarification, and electric vehicles are known as EV vehicles, EVs. So, yeah, in, in Norway, they have like 16% ownership of um, EVs, and maybe uh, our, our super original... Uh, government is just actually copying the Norwegian model. Adam, can you clarify what you're talking about? All right, I'll, I'll give you guys some details on this. Um, I, I'm referring, of course, to this ambitious new plan released by the uh, coalition liberal NDP government. Um, and I, I'm picking out uh, one section here where they have mandated, so not just a target, this will be mandated uh, by the year 2030. 60% of all new vehicles sold in Canada must be electric vehicles, or as they are apparently calling them, ZEVs, which stands for Zero Emission Vehicles. And if you think that that's a little far-fetched, which, you know, we can discuss that, five years later, by 2035, 100% of all vehicles sold must be ZEVs. You will not be able to buy an internal combustion vehicle by the year 2035. I think that that's quite ambitious and that's going to be quite tricky for them to do. Well, you know what we can do actually is we can have a stop the mandates protest at the parliament and uh, we can drive our ICE vehicles there no, you and can't protest before that's, they mandate this. That's a far right movement. Uh, that is okay. No, those aren't allowed. Well, yeah, probably by then they'll find a way to ban it. But I think they'll be protesting when they find out that Canadians can't afford to drive vehicles anymore. And driving a vehicle will be a uh, luxury. Because at uh, current times, maybe in the future it'll change. Uh, when I was talking about Nor the Norwegian model, I believe uh, those EVs that are purchased by most of the consumers there are highly subsidized. Do you know that? Is that is that true, Adam? I think that is the case. They did subsidize them in certain ways. Yeah. And currently, there are subsidies that do exist uh, within Canada for electric vehicles and also, I believe, plug-in hybrid vehicles. Uh, if you were to purchase one today, um, a qualifying one, because I'm not sure all of them qualify, um, you could get a rebate of $5,000 from the federal government for an electric vehicle. Uh, and I do believe that if you buy plug-in hybrid, you could get 2500 back. 
That's yeah. amazing, though, because, I mean, you get, what, $5,000 off of a price tag of a vehicle that's minimum $60,000, well, which is significantly the, more than what the average Canadian can afford for a vehicle. Unless we all buy Nissan Leafs, which are around in the neighborhood of 40000 I believe. Someone will fact check me on that. Well, regardless, there's a thing called inflation still going on, and I'm no. sure that that will... Yeah, I know. If you listen to Christian Freeland, it's... Uh, You're peddling that uh, narrative, that false narrative. Yeah. Well, um, EV vehicles are lovely, actually, in technology, but uh, I do think the point you're getting to here is that this highly ambitious move by this new uh, NDP liberal government is... Um, too ambitious and probably not likely to come to any uh, fruition in the with the goals that they have set here because we all know this liberal government currently can't uh, sustain the goals that they set out. They haven't really achieved any goal other than perhaps legalizing weed. Correct. I, I'm not entirely convinced that uh, they're going to be able to to uh, achieve this uh, decree of theirs uh, without a whole heck of a lot of subsidizing these vehicles. And, and I mean, obviously we're going to see more and more options available over the coming years, but uh, are they going to suddenly come down in price? Are we going to start seeing them in the more affordable range of, you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 for a new vehicle? And what kind of range are we going to see on, on, vehicles that may exist in that price range yeah that's uh, a separate point i will get i would like to get into that actually but i'd like to ask michael lee because he likes vehicles and i'm gonna throw over to michael lee uh what's your opinion michael lee on the vehicles that you've seen in the past being sold and whether or not evs will actually have a market do you have something to say about that uh i think that evs are going to well definitely evs are the way of the future that's 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 obvious um you know you see tons of ads out nowadays for uh a lot of these new ev vehicles that are coming out in the in the near future not only that but i think winnipeg even put in i think four charging stations i think they just said throughout the city four like four more i think they said they put up or whatever or whatnot again somebody can fact check that if they want to um but i definitely believe that um it, it's going to be a way that i think we are all and i'm going to end up going uh, especially with the way inflation is going now, everybody's kind of starting to look into that as it is because they can't afford the price of gas. How quickly do you think that that's going to happen? Um, you know, it's really tough to say only because of the fact that EVs and plug-in hybrids have been out for quite some time now as it is, but no one really looked that route because they were usually more than your combustible gas engines. Now, that no one can really afford to drive down to Walmart and come back without having to go through ten dollars of gas, it's starting to become a little bit more of a hot commodity. Well, what have you so, seen in the the in terms of purchasing vehicles? Do you think uh, higher end vehicles that are sixty thousand to eighty thousand dollars are more likely to sell than the uh, twenty five thirty thousand dollar models? I think that's what's going to end up happening. I think it's going to end up that um, I haven't quite seen that yet, to be honest with you. Uh, but I think that in the future, the next couple of years, when a lot of these vehicles you're seeing being advertised are actually going to be at dealerships, 
Um, I think you're going to see that they're going to, they're going to be gone before the, you're going to see sales spike. Um, I don't know. Deal, I know of a dealership that's got, you know, those new, uh, new trucks coming, trucks coming out that are EVs. Um, kind of one of the first, uh, first ones of that line, that brand pre-orders are already gone by 2024. They have to look at 2025 now because everybody went that route and ordered a bunch. But how many pre-orders do you think there was like compared to the amount of people who are buying, you know, a truck with an ice engine in it. I would have to run those numbers. I'm not too sure to be honest with you. I haven't seen what exactly how many they've been pre-ordered, but as far as I understood, there was quite a bit that we had or that was allocated and now they're well, it's quite a bit. Five percent of the overall inventory. I'd say That's a five good question. Ten percent. So what happens when it's in a few years it's fifty percent of the vehicles on your lot would be uh fifty percent 60 percent ev and and 40 percent uh ice vehicles do you think those are actually going to go and and especially in a in a situation where the cost of your burgers and stuff might be four times as high and you'd be spending you know an average of twelve hundred dollars on groceries i mean it's hard to predict that though right because you don't know what's going to look like in 10 12 years if you're going by today's standards, then I think that your EVs are going to be outselling the gas. Like I said, you're going to see a spike. You're going to see a lot more charging stations pop up now at your Walmart superstores. Your, uh, you, I think even the mall, I think, might even have some already. I'm not even too sure. Uh, they already have those green spaces for cars that are, you know, whatever green stands for. Um, they already have those parking spot spaces there available for them. So why not install now a charging station? I'm sure you're going to see it. Do those cars have to be painted green? I don't know. I'm going to say no, probably, but... Challenge the system. I'm, gonna... I, I'm just curious, though. Uh, if if people's wages aren't really increasing and the price of everything else is increasing, are we actually going to see this system uh, work where we actually start seeing 60% of vehicles on lots being EV and actually being sold by a population that likely isn't making any more money in the next 10 years i mean we would we would have to see numbers on uh, um compare all vehicles sold to number of vehicles sold that cost 60 grand or more and and now imagine that uh, you know a large portion of that um of those people who were buying those cheaper vehicles can't <laughs> they have to buy stuff that costs twice as much they weren't buying the cheaper vehicles because they didn't want to get the the better ones, right? They they had to. So the only way I see this happening is like massive government subsidies. And as usual, I need to ask my favorite question, who's paying for that? Yeah, well, I kind of looked it up. It's hard to see what kind of market share we have for our used vehicles, new vehicles, and vehicles with disaggregated data over uh, price range. And I don't see uh, anything regarding that. I can see the average prices here, and it's pretty interesting what I've seen for the average price of a vehicle within every year for the last year. Uh, this last year, currently, the average sales price of a vehicle is over $50,000 for the first time ever. And previous to that, it's been about... $5,000 uh, lesser and lesser for each previous year. So the average cost of vehicles is definitely going up. And whether or not that says anything in terms of 
the buying capacity of Canadians for vehicles. Uh, that's another interesting point too, because in some markets, um, 10 to 12 percent uh, higher rates of used vehicles was uh, purchasing used vehicles was what we were seeing in an overall increase of five percent uh increase in used vehicles across canada so i don't know what to say about that because i can't really see data that will suggest whether or not canadians actually will be able to afford these vehicles in the future hopefully with a, a supply and demand uh issue we will see some kind of price drop with a higher supply of the vehicles on the road but i'm i'm on i'm in the wait and see cap on that you guys how do you feel about well, if we don't see a price drop, um, and imagine, you know, how much now cost of living has come up lately, you know, cost of housing, all that kind of stuff. Groceries. Groceries. You, you know, people are now talking about how it's difficult to afford to eat. Like, meanwhile, vehicles are going up by 5000 a year. Like, this is not a sustainable situation. How are, how are you going to be able to achieve this goal without either subsidizing these purchases or giving people massive wage increases and you have to realize that on top of all of this they're going to be jacking up the carbon tax which will affect costs of other things like heating your homes for example will that in fact affect the uh, price of uh, vehicles as well is there a carbon tax on the carbon that's used to produce these vehicles i'm sure there is i mean yeah so so you know how how we need to know more information on how they can do this. And I get that this was just released today or whenever. Um, so we don't have all the info yet, but uh, this is just one, um, one aspect of this very ambitious plan that, you know, I, I wanted to talk about because uh, y you know, I'm interested in, in uh, cars and, and um, you know, I'm following the, the automotive industry and so I was quite shocked to see that they think that they're going to be able to ram this through. Uh, because um, uh, really the selection of vehicles we have right now, uh, at least as far as I know, they all seem to be high-end luxury vehicles when it comes to the, um, uh, the electric vehicle options that we have. Uh, Michael Lee, what do you think about uh, that? Well, I just want to interrupt before Michael goes on. I'm sorry. I, I don't really want you to. Yeah, I'm going to say... Uh, <laughs> I was setting know, him up for his point, he'll, and he'll just get to it. He'll get to it. Yeah, progressive policies uh, are, are well and good if they actually hit the Canadian population in somewhat of a smooth manner. But if Canadians start to suffer too much, uh, by that time, uh, 2025 and 2030 rolls around, Canadians will vote for something that, you know, is much easier on their home budgets and lifestyles well, pe people are being pretty hard hit now and then they come out and say we're just going to keep that going hey that's progressivism for you well anyways i want to hear about some of these other options that might exist and one more thing before uh we go to michael lee i think what he's going to say is actually in reference to what i want to say um canadians live in a very large country uh, in terms of landmass and and yes a very cold country too so i understand the technology right now is great uh, we can drive around for the most part uh, a few miles a day and we could easily come home and charge up our vehicles and we'll be fine that's that's great for the majority of canadians 
However, there are, uh, you know, um, transportation uh, issues in, in the cities where you may not be able to use an electric vehicle because you'd be driving a vehicle for about an hour or so and say it's an electric bus right i don't know how long those can last for but what happens with that bus drives for an hour and then has to sit for another hour so you'd have to have twice the fleet for something like that i don't know what the uh, the metrics are for that kind of transportation but i can understand the individual consumer level for myself personally um, I don't have to travel far to work and I don't have to, uh, have a large vehicle anymore, even though I liked having trucks. Um, the F-150 Lightning is an EV truck that you showed me recently. Uh, it's not on the market yet, correct? Lightning? I thought it I believe it was. is. Is it yeah. on the, this year? I'm pretty yeah. sure it's yeah. already, yeah. Uh, so yeah, anyways. Sold out, of course. Of course. Yeah, the point of the matter is that the base model, like we're saying, of that truck is, uh, like... 60,000 plus Canadian. Uh, I like it though, because it fits my lifestyle and it would easily work for me to charge up and then go to work and I could charge it up there, you know, and then I could drive to the lake and back. I don't have to go more than a hundred clicks. And these vehicles, uh, ranges usually are around 300 plus, uh, kilometers. Well, some of them now are, are getting close to 500. Yes. I don't know if that truck is specifically, but anyways, the point I'm making is that might work great for me. Uh, a lot of contractors and uh, rideshare people or like I'm saying transportation uh, they they drive all day long and they're putting uh, a significant strain on those batteries and engines that they are fueling up daily do you think that's an option for contractors who are driving uh, five hours away to another city up here in this large country is that a great option for right now for those people who might still need to be able to easily fill up their vehicle and continue on within their day? So if I can expand on what you're saying just now, um, I, I think the government also needs to realize that you're going to have to have Canadians adapt to the changes they want to do. And what I mean by that is, yes, you can get an electric vehicle and um, charge it up at work, at home, where, where, wherever it is, but... How much more is that going to cost you on your electricity bills in your house? Because now you're going to be charging, plugging into the wall at home or one of those EV chargers you can get installed at your home, like a charging station. But how much is that going to cost you to get that done at your house if you want the fast chargers? Um, you know, instead of, yeah, oh, honey, how much gas is in the car? It's how much battery does it have left at this point? How far do I have to go? You're going to have to basically map out your um, your route. And for people like me who like to travel and drive wherever I go, so say you want to go down to the States, are there charging stations that you can stop at to charge a vehicle up at? Are they going to be making you pay a premium price to be charging? Like, There's a lot of factors that play into them doing this. And I think they're going to have to realize that, okay, if you want anybody to go this way and to purchase these vehicles, you need to make things like this more accessible to everybody else. Not telling me I got to drive over to Dougal to go charge my car up or drive over to Deacon's Corner to charge my car. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you're right. It is definitely a learning experience for the population as a whole. And I agree with what you're saying. And just to add some information from what I've read, um, charging your vehicle 
one single vehicle on a uh, rapid charger sure you're gonna have to pay the additional two to four grand or whatever it is to have one of those nice chargers installed in your home but they are a little more efficient and it's only about $15 a month here in this province with hydroelectric uh, for charging one vehicle and it's a little closer to double that so about 30 let's say it's 30 bucks for uh charging on a regular 120 volt uh, uh outlet but that's not as good because sometimes the charging to full capacity from completely dead batteries is like three days on a 120 system whereas it could be depending on the it, it depends on the charger too because like you're saying um that's generally not the case it's, it's they're usually you can slow charge them overnight most vehicles what's that for the, the full uh, charge yeah on, on the, usually 10 or 11 hours i think for the most part on the 120 circuit yeah oh, okay i'm not sure because i what i read about the tesla specifically and, and then another issue i read with those charging stations is there's uh multi uh patterns for the chargers so there's actually you might actually drive to a charging station that's not compatible with your specific ev and currently in the uh european union they've solved that problem by standardizing the type of outlets but here in canada and the u.s that's not the case and it's funny how you talk about um where would i go to charge uh, the vehicle here because uh, justin trudeau he he's solved that problem just recently by spending some millions of dollars uh asking somebody to research where all those locations of rapid chargers are around the country so that they can create some kind of map from the government that we can actually know i mean you're right the system is going to be a learning experience but i don't know i don't know what to tell you there's also the secondary issue we have here in canada ice vehicles produce heat and electric vehicles need to use the battery power so what do you guys feel about stepping into a cold vehicle that was one of the points I was going to make that I kind of didn't get to yet is the fact that in our climate, what's going to happen? You, we all see what happens to our vehicles now when it gets too cold outside. You see your gas mileage drop. Um, your car takes a little bit longer to warm up, obviously, as you know. But what's going to happen when we have these EV vehicles and it gets super cold out? How good is the mileage going to be then at that point? How fast is it going to warm up? Josh, you live close to your work. I also live close to my work as well. Um, I think Adam, you do as well too. So in the time you get to work, are you still going to be frozen? Are you going to be warming up? Are you just going to be warming up? I mean, these are just first world problems. I understand that. But still, I don't know about you guys. I like to be cold. Well, they so. have, they do have, they have taken steps to deal with these issues. Like a lot of these EVs now you can purchase them with heat pumps and uh, heat pumps are uh, a solution that allow them to um, produce heat on the inside without draining the battery as much. Uh, you can also um, make some form of command starting them so they start warming themselves up before you get into them. Like, it's not like this technology just doesn't exist for it because it's electric. It's just, you know, it's powered by a battery rather than heat coming off an engine. So they have to think about that when the battery is the main source of power for the whole vehicle. And uh, there is absolutely no doubt that whatever the, the claimed range is, it's not going to be that when you're driving it in minus 30. But if you're buying a vehicle with a range of, you know, 
three, four, five hundred kilometers. The the average person doesn't need to drive that far to go to work, and then maybe drive around at lunch and then drive back home again. So even if you you, you know you you buy a vehicle with a range of four hundred kilometers, and say because it's so unbelievably cold, it's losing one hundred and fifty kilometers off that four hundred. I think you're still okay. Like the average person, you know, even someone who lives just outside a city, but not if they live in, you know, a larger city like Toronto or something like that, they're still going to be able to do what they need to do. Um, But for long range transportation, that is a definite concern that has to be considered Uh, because, you know, with the current battery technology, cold has a massive effect on range. So in this last couple of years when we've dealt with the pandemic um, some people have been lucky enough to stay at home and not have to go into any kind of healthcare facilities so a lot of people though they have something called home care and that usually means that healthcare aides or nurses are coming to their homes and those people are traveling all day long in the winter time in cold vehicles that they warm up by their ice vehicles right now but is this going to be a good thing for healthcare in the future when nurses become stranded because their vehicles are dying and we've been forced to uh, tell them they have to drive an EV? I mean, the nurses will be able to afford the EV and not so much the healthcare rates that make significantly less. But uh, yeah, this issue that you're saying here, the average person, not everybody is the average person. I don't know exactly what numbers. I'm sure largely more than half of the Canadian population could move over to at least having one EV and maybe a ICE vehicle still for other purposes, but... A hybrid. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's not a Z EV. It's not. Is it like a... It's like a a half Z? Like a a half a Z. Like, in my opinion, they're going to have to at least keep those out because the hybrids at least charge up as you drive. So, some of them anyways. And the, the plug, there's plug-in hybrids where you can, yeah. you know, you have its electric motor charged up before you leave, and if you drain it all, then it runs off the gas engine. Yeah. So, I mean, that seems like a pretty good solution, and people are getting pretty good uh, mileage on those, some of those vehicles these days. But, I mean, all of this technology is going to advance. There's new advancements in battery technology, and it's possible we'll have a solution uh, in the not too distant future that, you know, where the, the battery capacity of a vehicle is much less affected by the temperature. Uh, but we're not there yet and they're already putting these rules in place. So, I mean, that does, it is a cause for, for concern and perhaps some skepticism, uh, among a population is largely not hugely open to this yet. Um, because they haven't done all the research and basically all they know is range plus cold equals bad. And uh, in Canada, we do know about cold. If I can say um, something else as well too. You may. Um, I think they also need to think about um, your aftermarket world. You know, that there are people out there who, like there's companies out there that sell you know, I'm going to say exhaust systems that sell anything else for your ICE vehicle. And if you only want EVs being sold, what's going to happen to all those companies? They'll be gone. 
Yeah, they don't really care about some uh, industries here in Canada, those people. They don't mm. care about some of those oil people. If they could shut down the oil tomorrow, they probably would, most of those progressive-minded people. <laughs> you know what? It's called SOL for some people. Yeah. Uh, but you, you're not wrong. I mean, those technologies may adapt. I've seen some things uh, like, for instance, special speaker systems that they put on EVs and and ev motorcycles so they can sound like a rip roaring harley when really they make no noise whatsoever and some people have actually said that might be a good thing because nobody wants you ripping down the highway in your amazing electric motorcycle and not hearing a single thing when it's coming because bikes are already (laughs) dangerous enough without knowing that they're zooming up behind you with their silent motors a lot of uh, electric vehicles now make noise if they're moving below a certain range, like the, or sorry, below a certain speed. They'll beep or something like that for that exact reason. Yeah, we could actually like just put out our speakers on our vehicles and mod them like that so we can listen to our music on the outside of our vehicle too. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have to worry about those uh, rules that they put in play for mufflers that are way too darn loud. I want to straight my my Tesla, please. Yeah, but I imagine a lot of those tuner companies will find ways to adapt, and they'll, they'll they have create to. new technologies to help you modify your electric vehicle however you would like to. But uh, it's definitely a concern whenever they're they're putting laws in place that will potentially wipe out businesses and industries. Um, but that uh, you know it does happen, so that's a. Uh, something to think about but this is all just like like i said earlier this is just one small point that they stuck into this large plan to overall reduce the country's um, greenhouse gases i believe by 40 percent by the year 2030 which is not far off and that's a very significant decrease uh, in a country that produces a lot of oil and gas um, and uh, based on world events, it seems like we may be needed to step up and produce more of it. So I'm not really, uh, you know, I'm looking at this plan with a lot of skepticism. And uh, I'm I'm not really sure what to think about it. I mean, we'll have to look at it and maybe come back and discuss other aspects of it in more detail. Well, I just want to say, actually, because, you know, tackling the vehicle market is the most difficult and uh comprehensive part of tackling emissions and as we've seen this federal government here uh hasn't no no canadian federal government has dropped emissions really from except from 2008 and a slight blip in 2015 after the Trudeau government took office in actuality emissions in Canada have been on the rise very slightly each year so yeah I mean they're trying something because obviously what they've done before was not proven to do anything they just spent 60 million dollars on trying to you know reduce emissions when all they were able to do was keep increasing emissions so yeah I'd like to maybe be hopeful that it would actually do something along with 
But suddenly the we're, hard we're going to drop 40% in eight years when we've never really gone down. Hey, listen, if Canadians suffer enough and can't afford vehicles and can't afford to drive anymore, our emissions will go down. That's just the way it's going to be. Whether or not you want to uh, have that kind of lifestyle or not, hey, you know what? Too bad. The Trudeau is in charge. Yeah. Who knows what the future is going to hold, right? The most we can do as Canadians is just um, keep working like we are and just hope for a better future. Hope that they're not going to end up putting us in the spot where we all end up in a, you know, not being able to drive or not being able to afford a vehicle. Like I'm, I'm just going to hope and pray that we, um, this government figures it out. I know that's saying a lot, uh, but I hope that, that they do and actually keep our best interests at heart as well and realize that if they keep doing these things or doing things like this, they're going to end up really hurting the people that they want to vote for them, right? Like they, they are going to end up putting us in a spot where it's just going to make it hard to, to, to live or to even to even work to be honest with you uh let us know if you have anything to say in regards to this let me know what you guys think in the comments below 